Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, we're going to focus on the importance of being obedient to God. In John chapter 15, verse 10, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. In other words, if you are obedient to the Lord, you will remain in the vine, and he will remain in you, being Christ. Regrettably, far too many believe in a feel-good teaching and the myths that, that come along with it that allow people to believe that if they follow certain rules, if they obey certain rules, that they believe they're obeying God. In this podcast, we're going to learn, learn from what the scriptures say that this teaching isn't what the scriptures teach. In fact, this is a false teaching, and it leads many down the path that leads to destruction. In our last podcast, we discussed that we need to know, we need to understand, and then we need to actively do the will of God. So first we know it, then we understand what it is that God wants to do or wants us to do. And then we actively have to participate. Well, simply knowing and understanding the will of God isn't enough. If we really want to obey God, obey his will, we have to act on it. And so we need to, to know what God's will is in our lives, but then we need to act on that. And this podcast focuses on just that, what it means to be obedient to God. To begin with, the actual term obedience can be defined as when someone dutifully or submissively complies with the commands of someone who's in authority over them. For example, when Abraham, he left his home knowing that this was God's will. God said, Abraham, I have a new covenant with you. I want you to leave your home. And he left his home. He knew it was God's will for his life. And so he did that. And he left out of obedience to God. That was his act. He knew the will of God. He didn't ask, ask why. He didn't question. He just did and acted upon what God's will was for his life. Moreover, when God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, knowing that his son was to be the heir and to carry on that, that promise, that covenant of God, he questioned God. He knew that if God said, I want you to do this, then I'm simply going to do it. And out of obedience, he took Isaac up to sacrifice him. And because he was willing to do what we would think is unthinkable, God stopped Abraham and gave him another sacrifice because of Abraham's faith and obedience. We also know that Daniel, he wouldn't compromise his faith. He wouldn't compromise his obedience to God. And he was ready to obey God, even unto death. He trusted God's will as the only thing that mattered in his life. When Moses, who he could have been Pharaoh, he left his high position. He was exiled by the acting Pharaoh, sent him away, said, don't ever come back. But he returned. He returned in obedience 
to God because God told him to. He knew that it was God's will. Of course, the greatest example is Jesus, who fully surrendered his own free will, not just as a man, but also as the Son of God. And he was obedient to God's will unto death on the cross. Now, these are all examples of what it means to be obedient. We are called to obey. So, in fact, to gain a place with the Lord in heaven, one must have an obedient heart towards God's will and be fully willing to surrender our own lives in this world at any cost, whatever God is asking of us, without question. However, the truth is, many who were maybe even at one time obedient in the beginning of their walk with Christ, they fall back into a compromised life. They no longer practice full obedience. No, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you here and I'm going to give you there. But they falsely believe that they can live for God. And at the same time, they can fulfill their own will and desires in this life. So God's uh, complete obedience is then compromised because, well, this is my life, people believe. And so they want to live out their own plans, their own dreams. Well, the Israelites, they did this. They prayed and cried out to God to be delivered from Egypt, the bondage that they were under. And after leaving Egypt, after Moses came and delivered them as God called him to, they left Egypt and they did nothing but complain about everything. They wanted their lives to align with their own desires and not the desires of God. In the end, they lost their place in the promised land and they never entered their eternal rest with God. There are many today claiming to be Christians, good churchgoers, and they think they're going to make their way to heaven because they have a lifestyle that will, in the, in the end, suffer the same demise as the Israelites, a compromised, complaining lifestyle. I want to live my life the way I want to live my life. That is not obedience to God. Now, if you're truly following Jesus, and many of you who are listening are truly following Jesus, but some of you may believe that you're following Jesus and might not be following Jesus at all. But if you are, you must know that you've been called and chosen to be living sacrifices in this world. That means you sacrifice your life, not through works of, of your own, not through things that we do, but instead through a continued obedience right up until the time our lives end in this world. That's every day. That's just not a, hey, let's go to church on Sunday. That's not a, okay, I'm going to obey and I'm going to participate in this church activity or this Bible study, or I'm going to go out and do this thing with this group because I'm going to honor God by doing it. No, that's not what it means to obey God. Consequently, obedience is essential in our walk with our Lord. If we are to walk as Jesus walked, we need to be obedient to the will of God. Jesus himself, as already stated, was obedient unto death. And in Philippians 2.8, it says, And being found in appearance as a man, 
He humbled himself and he became obedient to death, even the death on a cross. Now in Matthew 26, 39, it says that as Jesus was grieving, was at his lowest point in the garden before they carried him off. It says, going a little farther, Jesus fell face down and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, please let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Yet, the Lord said in John 10, 18, he had a choice. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. We who are in Christ, we have a charge in our own lives, just as when we surrendered our life initially to gain that personal relationship, we have a choice each day to lay our lives down for the Lord or not, to obey him or to live our lives for ourselves. In Romans 5.19, it says, for just as through the disobedience of one man, that would be Adam, who sinned, through the disobedience, he was disobedient, he did not obey God, the many were made sinners. The many includes all of us. So also through the obedience of the one man, that would be Jesus, the many will be made righteous. But those many are the ones who obey the will of the Father. Therefore, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, and this is an interesting thought, he had joy set before him, he endured the cross because he knew his joy would come after the suffering. He set his joy, okay? He endured the cross knowing what it would accomplish, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24 through 27, to be obedient to God's will for our lives, we must take up our cross and follow him. This is what he said. If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And in, in Luke, it actually says, take up your cross daily. For whoever wants to save his life in this world will lose it. But whoever loses his life, in other words, you sacrificially surrender your own will, your life. For my sake, Jesus said, he will find it. And what will it profit a man if he means the whole world, he, he fulfills his whole bucket list. He accomplishes all of his worldly dreams, yet forfeits his soul. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in his, father, his Father's glory with his angels, and he will repay each one according to what he has done. So either we lived our lives for our own will, and we will be repaid for that, and we will miss out 
on eternity with Christ, or we will surrender our lives unconditionally, obediently, following Jesus every day, and we will be repaid accordingly by the Lord. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 49 through, or 46 to 49, why do you call me Lord, Lord? but not do what I say. A lot of people do that. Oh, he's my Lord. Jesus is great. I love him, but they don't do what he says. He said, I will show you what is it's like for the one who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, is obedient. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep, dug down deep. He was willing to work. He was willing to put the effort in to go deep. And he laid his foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the torrent crashed against that house, but couldn't shake it because it was well built, because it was built on Christ. But the one who hears my words, Jesus said, and does not act on them, is not obedient, is like a man who built his house on the ground with a, without a foundation. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful house, gorgeous, maybe the best one on the street, but it has no foundation. The torrents crashed against that house and immediately it fell, and great was its destruction. Our obedience to God is not just a matter of duty, though. It's not that we, oh, I, I obey God because of duty. On the contrary, we obey him because we love him. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus was very clear that if we claim to love him, we must be obedient to him. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And in John 14, 23 to 24, Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, is not obedient. The word that you hear is not my own, Jesus said, but is from the Father who sent me. Now think about what Jesus said there. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. What are his commandments? I mean, I remember the wealthy man who came to Jesus and he said, well, you know, Lord, what will it take for me to get into heaven? And he told him, you know, have you done this? Have you done this? I've done all those things. But he wasn't talking about the Ten Commandments or the law. He was talking about his commandments. And what are his commandments? Well, we're going to address those more deeply here in a moment. But we must keep his commandments. Now, many religious people, I mean, they have this mindset that they're going to strive to obey or follow a certain set of rules. These rules are dictated by traditional doctrines, different practices, guidelines that are practiced by others who are like-minded. So you go to church, you find a group, and oh, well, wait a second, I don't know if I agree with all this. So then that person starts floating from one congregation to another, if need be, not always, they want to find others who think like they do. Now, they do so with the confidence that they're being obedient to God in doing this. 
But none of this has anything to do with being obedient to God. This is just making yourself socially comfortable and trying to find other people who are compromised in their own walks to go ahead and fit in with them. However, we who are truly in Christ, we're not called to follow or practice a set of rules that it consists of doctrines or guidelines. Instead, we're called to simply follow Jesus and follow him as the Spirit leads and be obedient to that. As mentioned earlier in this podcast, this type of life was practiced regularly by the religious Jews, who they relentlessly pursued acts of obedience to the law. That was their big thing. They tried to throw that in the face of Jesus all the time. And of course, they threw it in the face of all the other Jews all the time. Look at me, follower of the law. Well, in doing so, they actually became self-righteous. They believed that they deserved heaven because of all the things that they had done. Right up to this present day, religious-minded people have always considered themselves worthy before God because of the way that they dedicate themselves to follow their rules, like God owes them a reward because they follow their rules. However, Scripture tells us that without Christ, even our best and most righteous works are worth nothing to God. Isaiah 64, 6 says, each of us has become like something unclean, thanks to Adam and his sin, the one man who sinned, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all wither like a leaf, and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. So then, wait a minute, what are good deeds? Those are the things that we do for God. Those are the things that as we are obeying God's will, he does with our lives in this world, that he does through us. So the hypocrisy in obeying the letter of the law while violating the spirit, which many people do even today, characterizes a person's life. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verses 27 through 28, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you religious-minded people, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and every kind of impurity. Well, in the same way, on the outside, you appear to be righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Therefore, we are not called to obey or follow the law or the prophets. That was fulfilled by Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So instead, we who are in Christ, we must obey the law of Christ, which is a law of love. Remember the commandments that I mentioned, a law of love. As it says in Galatians 6, 2, 
carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also must love one another. In fact, according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 40, the greatest commands of all are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. If you love anything else above this, that is not just paganism. It's not just heresy. That's, that's idolatry. We don't love anything in front of God. That was his first commandment of the old covenant. And it's the first commandment that Jesus tells us about. Well, what else did Jesus say? He said, and the second commandment is like it. So he only gave us two commandments. And he said, the second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And of course, then they went in and they asked him, well, who was my neighbor? And he shared that whole parable about the Good Samaritan. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, Jesus said. If you want to see how Jesus fulfilled, everything hangs on these two commands. And this is what we are to obey, to love God first each and every day, put ourselves aside, and to love others as we love ourselves. And that is pure. That's love. That's the law of Christ. And so love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So as we love God and obey him, we naturally have a love for one another. We don't see that today. We see a lot of people bad-mouthing other people, a lot of people pointing the finger, a lot of people saying, well, we're better than them because we follow these rules and they follow those rules. And those rules aren't going to get you into heaven. These rules are. There's no rules to follow to get into heaven. You follow Jesus. You have a deep personal relationship with him and you obey his will. Obedience to God's commands is what will make us the light and the salt in a dark and tasteless world. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its savor, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. It's evident to see the light. It will draw people who are looking for hope. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they set it on a stand. Why? Because it gives light to everyone in the house. Well, in the same way, Jesus said, let your light shine before men 
that they may see your good deeds. These are the things that the Lord God does through us. Not the good works that, that religious people do and go, ha, look at me, look what I've done for God. No, they'll see the good deeds that God is doing that's bearing fruit in Christ. And they'll glorify your Father in heaven because of it. Thus in closing, we must not only know and understand what the will of God is and what he wants with our lives, but we also need to be obedient to do the will of God. That means stepping out in faith, maybe sometimes not knowing why we're doing it, but because we trust God, we obey, and being willing to sacrifice everything in this world. All that we have, all that we are, everything we possess to serve the Lord. Now, if we do this, persevering all the way to the end of our lives, living each day for Jesus, well, then we'll be walking as Jesus walked.